0: Gentlemen, welcome to episode 082 of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray de La Nuez, and this is still the podcast for good men who want to live epic lives. Every week, I show up with legendary guests who help me bring some of the best content out there on masculinity. And this week's episode is brought to you by MasterMyPurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God-given purpose and master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men and march into action like right now, then make sure that you head over to MasterMyPurpose.com for your free 21-day guide on how to live a purpose-driven year this year. Again, that's MasterMyPurpose.com. By the way, if this is your first time joining us, thank you. And make sure that you subscribe so that you won't miss another life-changing episode. My guest this week is Troy Mangum. Troy is the author of Fatherhood Face Plants, a speaker, and the podcast host of The Kindling Fire. He's also a men's advocate. Troy believes that fathers pass down who they are more than what they know. And this is so valuable because ultimately, fearful dads raise anxious kids. But bold dads raise old kids. So today we'll be talking about fatherhood face plans so that you can learn how to consistently get back up and be the dad that your kids need. Troy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, man.
1: Oh, I'm so excited, Ray.
0: Hey, if you can go back and talk to your 20 something year old self for one minute, what would you say to that guy?
1: It's going to be amazing. And all those fears that you have conjured up in your head Uh, are not going to be realized. But even if they are, God is with you and he can get you through it. So God is on a long-term mission to make you into an amazing man. It may take some time, so be patient, but know that it's going to be amazing in the end. So endure.
0: Man, as long as I've been asking this question, I actually get a pretty good variety of that answer Which is actually more troubling because, like I was just telling you before we started recording, one of the things that I'm struggling with is I want to go at my own pace and keep moving forward, but sometimes I find myself going way too fast and outside of the Lord's covering over my life, and so I'm not playing the long game. I'm playing the quick ray game. But hey, I'm sure that all of that wisdom had to come from somewhere, from maybe from some personal face plants.
1: Yeah. So I mean, the best analogy I have is that it's like. So when you're playing sports, sometimes you get hurt. And uh, if you're really aggressive, um, you're like, no, I'm good. Like, put me back in. And it's sort of like that with God. Sometimes we're just like, put me in all the time. But there will be a time when the Lord's like, no, you need to heal longer or you need to be off the playing field for a little bit longer because I'm looking for you to have a career. Whereas you are content to be kind of half ready jump in and potentially damage your whole career with a major, um, injury, uh, because you weren't ready. And so God is a good coach and that sometimes he, he sidelines us, but he does it for a good reason. So we'll have a long career. Whereas, you know, sometimes we love to be like, we just want to be in the game all the time.
0: You know, it's like we're always asking, get us in coach, come on coach, get me in. Why am I waiting here? Why is everybody on Instagram having fun and not me? You know, God took me on this journey, maybe two years ago, I had this awesome opportunity to be able to get chiropractic care for free. It was awesome. Which really helped me understand my body and the alignment that I was actually supposed to be in, in my natural state. A majority of the time I was actually having my back being adjusted, but the issue never was my back it was actually my knees but the problem was radiating down to my ankles up to my lower back even up to my upper back and it was affecting me all throughout you can imagine what that's like and all because i just didn't want to sideline myself for a small injury that happened in my knees i didn't want to play the long game i wanted to get the short reps in
1: the thing that that i knew that i struggled with is faith and faith specifically in the sense that if you get sidelined that's it i'm done Everyone's going ahead of me. I'm getting further back in the line. God has forgotten me. And so it was always an issue of faith. It was sort of like, God, can I trust you? If I'm sidelined, can I trust that you still have good intended for me? Because the world says, as soon as I'm sidelined, I'm forgotten. I'm left behind. And all of that is fear. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't get playing, like I'm done, my whole career is done. And God's like, would you relax?
0: Man, can we just dwell on that one for a little bit? Because I know there are men listening right now who are like, yes, that is absolutely my fear. My fear is that I'm 30 And I still have not reached the accolades that I thought I would reach or my peers are way ahead of me and there's no way I can find, I can actually take a year off. Like my wife needs me. I actually need to take this promotion, even though it's going to keep me away from my family for four more hours a day.
1: So I I think one of the things that, I mean, you're, you're, we're here talking about my book. And one of the things that I say in the book is a life lesson, which is, uh, God will sometimes thwart the man be the father or the husband, because he's after something bigger in the family, that includes the man, right? So so for me, I was extremely aggressive and extremely ambitious. And I also wanted to have a great marriage and a great family. And, and so I always was hitting these walls in my personal ed- my personal goals. Um, and, but I was becoming more available to my family and I always had this tension. Well, you know, I've lived long enough now to be like, oh my gosh, like had I achieved all these personal achievements that I was shooting for, it would have potentially dive bombed my family. I had enough trouble as it is. And, um, and God was after me in our family being amazing. We all have great relationships with the kids. They have great relationships with each other. I have great relationship with my wife. You know, like we've built a solid foundation that this is going to go on for generations. And had I achieved all these lofty, amazing dreams that I had in my head, live in Africa, do these amazing things, whatever I wanted to do, um, it would have blown up. (laughs) And it would have blown up because I was not solid enough. I mean, I came from a very broken background. And so I kind of made up for that with aggression and speed, but it didn't change my character was God was trying to slow me down, do some character work, make that solid, make a solid family. Now there's a solid base. My kids are going to go a lot further than I did because they have such a solid base to start from. So, you know, it just was a bigger goal. And now it's like, oh, God, that's what I wanted more than my personal achievements. I actually wanted this. I just didn't know it.
0: Yeah. In the moment, obviously, it does not make sense because you're living in your own reality. And that's part of the challenge. Stepping out. Away from our reality and into God's eternal reality, which is really the only reality that counts because we make up our own stories. We try to be the main character, the star of our own stories. But man, what you are saying, going right to the scripture, John 15, 13, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. But man, could you imagine for your own family? Lay down your own ambitions or what you might think are your ambitions for the advancement of a legacy that will out last and outlive you.
1: Yeah. And that's a two-sided coin. So the one side of the coin is that and out of love. The second, the other side of the coin is delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And so a lot of times when I was young, not understanding, I was always like, God, why am I always playing the martyr card here? Why am I always having to sacrifice? Why is it always, whereas God is like, if you would just trust me, I have an amazing gift to give you which is your truest heart desire um and uh and so that's my encouragement to young men is look that is the kind of god we serve but just like a tree like there's some amazing. i i I spent some time in hawaii trees amazing trees massive can't even put it on a camera massive trees. And these things take time. Now they're a grandeur. Like when you looked at them, they're overwhelmingly beautiful and massive and amazing and withstood all these storms and all this stuff, but that took time. And we want this sort of like, Hey, where's the hack to be that? And you're like, there is no hack. I'm sorry. There's not a hack. You want to be amazing like that. It's going to take some time. And, um, so that, that's one of the things I I just tell young men is look, God's good and he's going to make you into something amazing, but it may take longer than you want.
0: Man, that is so true. Colin Powell said, there are no secrets to success. Don't waste your time looking for them. We all want the guru to give us the one, two, three steps to get us to where we need to be. And don't get me wrong. There are biblical principles that we are supposed to apply to our lives. But we're always looking for these 90 day abs or the microwavable success. We want it instantly.
1: Again, that two sided coin. Where does the imposter syndrome come from? People that have been accelerated beyond what they really are. They are an appearance of a thing, but they're not the thing. God is all about being the thing. Like whatever it is, when you cut all the way through it and you cut all the way through your soul, It's all consistent. There's integrity and it is who you are. It's not a charade. It's not an appearance. It's the real thing. So imposter syndrome, that whole thing came to be because of all these people popping in all these places. And they're like, I'm a complete fake. And if I ever get found out, it's all going to unravel. And so they got all this anxiety. So let's take some medication for that. I mean, it's a mess. And so where God is trying to make you into the real deal, like the absolute real deal. You can be it it holds water, it can withstand tests, it is the real thing. And that's what God's always trying to do in a man's life is to make them a real, truly godly man.
0: Man, I love these conversations. And if you guys are doubting whether this is the number two podcast for Christian men, you are absolutely wrong. That's right. I said the number two. I'm not going to take the number one spot because I'm I'm a humble guy like that. <laughs> but Troy, I'm so glad that I have you on here. And I actually want to transition to talking a little bit more about this book that you released here in May of 2021. You released Fatherhood Face Plants. And gosh, I have to tell you, I love the cover. I love the name, but where did this come from? W- why the name? What's up? Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so so I, uh, I grew up, uh, my parents were together when I grew up, but my dad was just very distant, right? He was very work-oriented and I kind of was just there. And and one of the greatest desires I had in my life was to be a good dad, to be a good family, man, and be a good dad. But it scared the death out of me because I had no tools. I had no idea what I was doing. And I kept having kids and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to screw all these kids up. And um, and so I just consumed as much as I could as far as Christian literature and all this other stuff. But I came to, to this secret and the secret was God the best dad ever was calling me to teach me to learn how to be a good dad. And, and, and it was like these lessons through many years that God taught me. And what a lot of it was, was through failure. Right. I mean, it's so funny. This every, every guy that I've ever met is like, I love your book title because everybody can relate. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like because dads, you have this pressure, like you're supposed to be the guy, like you're supposed to know what to do. And but the reality of it is a lot of time you face plant. So a lot of this book is about learning how to get back up, learning how to fight in a spiritual warfare sense, and, and learning uh, sort of the right way to do it as God guides and directs. And so that's that's why I wrote it to help people like me that were like didn't have a clue. And but they knew they were screwing up, but they were like, I don't know how to make this right. And that's where, you know, God kind of came in and taught me all kinds of things.
0: You know, I think we do ourselves a huge disservice when we get into the word, we start reading about these awesome men of the Bible, you know, talk about Moses or David, and we don't consider time, right? We don't consider that, for example, Moses, when he leaves Pharaoh, right? After uh, he kills the Egyptian. And when we hear about him again, sometime in the future, right? And he's now being, he's now talking to a burning bush. We completely forget that there were 40 years in between. There was 40 years of face plants, of failures, of things that he learned from. And man, we looked at people's successes because obviously we should have role models. We should have people that we aspire to be like. We should have accolades that we want to achieve, but we got to remember that we can learn just as much from, fee- from people's face plants. From people's failures, and we should a lot of times
1: what it does is it shows your limitation and your need for God and uh, and that's okay. That's a great place to start, right? because God's got something he can work with where a lot of times when we are driving in a direction um and we're not really we're kind of like "I got this God," and then we're surprised by oh, that didn't go like I thought." now you're open to God's input on the on the matter instead of just driving ahead like most of us do.
0: Troy, I want to go back to something that you said here about God teaching you to be a good dad. Because I think that's a foreign concept for a lot of guys that the God of heaven would stop in a moment in time to look to you with adoration, with this excitement, with joy. And maybe those are things that guys aren't even used to experiencing with their earthly fathers, but he stops all and gives you 100% attention and focus to teach you how to be a good father. I think that right there is something that a lot of guys would shrug off or brush it off. Like, yeah, I heard that before, but I don't really think that applies to me.
1: If we're willing, God is absolutely willing to to teach and train us. I'll give you an example. So I was reading scriptures in Psalm 69 and it said, um, It was literally I was just reading through it. It's not the most like jumped out kind of scripture. It basically says the um, talking about Israel, it says that the the children of Israel um, and possessed the land and the children inherited the land they possessed. I'm paraphrasing it, but, but basically the idea of it was God had given them a promise. And then they possessed that promise. They actually took physical property and land. And then the children inherited that land. It's like, okay, but the Lord in his fatherliness said, Hey, go back, read it again. And I read it again. And he goes, who inherited the land their fathers possessed? I said, their children. And and he says, I've given you me promises about victory over sin, about breaking generational curses, about uh, living a joy filled life, uh, uh, living, having an abundant mindset, you know, all kinds of things in scriptures. Are you possessing all of that? Because if you do, that's what you will pass on. But if you think all your personal hidden issues um, are not going to make an impact or are you you making negotiations with the enemies in the land and be like, oh, I'll half possess it. I'll half follow God. I'm telling you, that's what you're passing on. That's the baton you will pass on. Hey, child, I love you, but I never was able to kick alcoholism with God's help. Here's how to be an alcoholic. Here's how to have a porn addiction. Here's how to uh, never get over anger. You know, here's my, that's what I give to you. Good luck. You know, and that's just heartbreaking. And so when you're a dad, you have to realize. Your wholeness in Christ and your victories in Christ, they can become something that accelerates the next generation. Here's victory over pornography. Here's victory over alcoholism. Here's victory over anger. Here's here's the way to get back up when you fail. And then you get to pass all that on. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be sinless, but they got, they 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 got they got they can start kind of ahead of the starting line instead of way behind because of stuff you wouldn't deal with. So God, so God showed me all of that. That got me serious about my own personal growth and growing in Christ and knowing that it was going to have an impact on my children.
0: There was a post on Instagram not too long ago of a kid who was asking his mother, hey, why do we always talk about Jesus? And the mom looks at her son in the eyes and says, son, because at the end of my life, the only thing that I'm actually going to be able to give to you and leave you that will still be here is Jesus. That is the only inheritance that I can give you that will last. And that right there is really where we mess things up. Where we think, like, I'm a good father, right? I came from poverty. I lived in a small hut the size of a closet, right? I, I'm not kidding. When, when I say that, people don't believe me. Like, your master bedroom was is bigger than my house, in Dominican Republic. I grew up with a tin roof with frames where like rats were crawling back and forth all night. So I know what poverty looks like. So I think as a good father, logically, the best thing I can give to my kids is monetary value, a family business, but that's not what you're saying. What you're talking about is so much greater. So what are some of the things that you see men for going or just, giving off to the world, leaving to the world to give to their kids?
1: Well, I think that, um, uh, I think men are very, um, uh, not confident in, in God things, in spiritual things. Um, they just aren't, um, they, they, it seems to be a little bit of a mystery to them as if God is sort of this character that we can't relate to, um, or he's upset at us or whatever misconception we have. But God is your God is our greatest source of wisdom, um, power, skill, um, all the things that men really want. (laughs) You know, he actually is the greatest source. So I'm very much of the mindset that the closer, the more you can learn about God and forge a relationship with him um where you have a a real relationship it's not just reading the bible and asking them for things giving them opportunity asking questions like what do you think about this and see if he'll say something or see if he'll show you a scripture see if he'll show you through the day like giving an opportunity for god to interact with us back um you're gonna uh one of my favorite scriptures is um i think it's uh psalm 18, it talked or it might not be something. I'm pretty sure it is that it says your law makes the the simple wise. And so I can be very simple minded in my skill, talent, ability, character, whatever. But I'm telling you, the more I get closer to God, the better it gets, the better I get. And so um, that's one thing that we just absolutely say, hey, children's pastor, youth pastor, pastor, uh, wife, mother-in-law. You know somebody who knows God more it teach my kid about all this stuff as if it's like they should know it, but really what's the point? I, I'm telling you guys the key to unlock your the amazing feature that you could have is knowing more about who God is and who he's made you to be, which he wants to give you an answer to that.
0: yes, no kidding because God is fully invested in you knowing your identity because when you understand your identity, when you understand that you are made to reign. What you are made to co-reign with Christ, you will rule the world. Like we're not here just to occupy. Like right in the beginning in Genesis three, it said subdue and multiply. We're supposed to take what was in Eden and then go outside the boundaries of Eden and multiply that, cultivate outside of that.
1: Yeah, Paul, Paul, there's a scripture that Paul says talking about reigning in life. So that the one of the things that Christians can do and followers of Christ can do can reign in life. Like who? What guy doesn't want to reign in life? Like, do you want to just be losing all the time? Do you want to be always under the gun and always failing and always? It's just like no guy wants that. We want to win. We want to reign in life. And it's just like you may not have inherited that kind of victory from your own family of origin but I guarantee you you can inherit that kind of victory from God if you will make the investment he will absolutely pour into you and you will know what it means to reign in life and then you have the joy of passing it on to the kids
0: Troy I just have to pause and say man I love that you said that and actually this podcast started off with the name reign in life because of that conviction that what you're talking about right there in Romans 5:17 guys it says for if because of one man's trespass talking about Adam, death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ.
1: I mean, guys need to get that through. Like, some reason, guys do not view God as a winning equation. It's just a losing equation. It's just like, oh my gosh, like change your mindset. Because the short of it is every guy that's listening, is not the best they can be. There could be a lot of reasons for that. Inheritance, your own choices, whatever. But God is absolutely, Jesus said himself, I hope that, I I pray that you'll be fruitful because I get glory when you're fruitful. Now, God gets glory when we are doing well. And, um, and so God is all about that. Now he may have to just like the military or like any kind of professional sports, you may have to tear, be torn down and built back up, but he's going to build you back up. You just got to be willing to trust him as he goes takes you
0: through. Well, that actually goes back to one of the first things that you brought up. Like you actually, you have to have the faith that when God acts and sidelines you or doesn't promote you, he's doing these things because he's molding and shaping you to become this good father. And you are being fathered by God so you can continue to father your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. What a blessing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. God is always, God's in the training business. So it's not just, oh my gosh, I'm going through a hard time. God, get me out of a hard time. It's like change the mindset. God is in the training business. Always ask him, God, what do you want me to understand about this situation? That's a great question to ask God. Instead of complaining and saying, get out, I want to get out, say, what do you want me to understand? And I guarantee you, you'll have insight into why you're going through it. And it will be training. It will be equipping. It will be giving you something you could not have gotten otherwise. And then, you know, the next obvious question is, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to understand about this situation? And usually it's a change of perspective. And what do you want me to do? And, and I'm telling you, you, those simple things, that will just rock your life.
0: Could you imagine <laughs> if like in the military, we adopted that attitude of, well, you know, this kind of got hard. So I'm just going to stop here, Sergeant. Like, hey, I've actually reached my max. I've reached my capabilities. I don't know how to do anymore. I'm beyond my capabilities. So I think we should cease all fire. Guys, put your gun down. Put your gun down. We're going to stop this operation. Uh, we're not fit to go to war. Like, you know, that doesn't happen, right? Like your tax dollars. uh, Well, unless you're one of my international listeners, what's up guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, But your tax dollars, I I can assure you that they are being used to bring Mm -hmm. up the finest military that the world has seen, right? If we're not in war, we are training for war. You would want to know that your money is going into the development of gritty, tenacious, expeditious, people who are going to be there for the defense of your nation. Now let's turn that around. Why wouldn't we expect the same things Mm. from us as the protector, the defenders of our own family? Why would we not look at ourselves and demand the same grit and tenacity and just ability to get it done? And to be honest, as fathers, we are called to be the defenders of our family, both physically, yes, but spiritually too. Am I right? Fighting is essential,
1: um, especially for a father. If you're trying to overcome any kind of generational stuff or whatever, it's like it's going to be a battle. Now you're going to win, and when I say fighting, I mean like pray. This is I'm talking about scripture and prayer and sort of spiritual warfare. So it's not necessarily something you're shouting in the house or or scaring your kids or even doing maybe a whole lot with your wife, but in your private time with God. Like you need to know how to fight. You need to know how to fight what's coming after your kids and you need to f- know how to fight what's coming after you. And um, and and once you get good at it, then I mean, use the temptations or the or the you know, challenges will still come, but you'll be far more equipped, just like you are in the military to get the job done. And, and our 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 spiritual weapons, you know, they tear down strongholds. They're very, very strong. But if you're completely ignorant that you have spiritual weapons or even how to use them, you better learn how to fight.
0: Man, amen to that. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Like, what would it look like if we sent a guy into battle? He's ready, right? He has a rifle. He has a Kevlar on. He has a flak jacket on. He has the gear, but he's not prepared, because he doesn't know how to shoot and execute and he doesn't know how to move and he doesn't know how to cover fire. He doesn't have the mindset for it. So man, again, amen to that. Troy, can I get you to explain what dad guilt is? Like, I think I know, but I just want to hear you explain it. Go ahead. Let's start with this. Jesus
1: has forgiven you of your sins. Okay. So that's like a fundamental truth of the Christian faith, um, that there's forgiveness for sin. Um, there's a powerful scripture that I've read for many years. I never really understood. And it basically said a man should not pray with his head covered. It's in first Corinthians. And, and it's like, cause this would be a disgrace to, to his head talking about Christ. And it was just sort of like, what the heck does that mean? You know, it's just like, but it's really, it's like the way it's written. It's like, this is really important. I'm like, I should, and I think it's where people get the uh, tradition of taking their hat off when they pray, but I'm like, nah, there's something more than that. And so I was uh, reading a scripture about David, uh, King David, and this is when he had made a lot of failures and his, one of his sons was overtaking his, his kingdom. And he fled for his life and with his, his family and entourage. And while he's fleeing for his life. His head is covered. And this guy's like, you know, insulting him on his way out of his kingdom. And and they basically were like, do we do you, King David? Do you want us to kill this guy who's insulting? You? And he's like, no, let him insult me because, you know, God probably sent him. So he's pretty he's having this pity party. And he's covering his head and, and the Lord gave me insight. And I kind of go into this more in depth in the book, but God gave me insight. It's like covering your head. It's not, is, it's not standing in the right position before God. We all are going to sin. That's not, it's not an issue of sin. It's an issue of forgiveness. When you sin, when you approach God, you approach him as if he, you are forgiven. And you've asked forgiveness and you are forgiven and you're accepted. You're a son. You are in his presence. You uncover your head and say, here I am forgiven. What what do I need to learn and do? Or do you cover your head, walk around with that shame and guilt? And um, most dad, dad guilt is basically somebody that never gets over the bad they've done. And uh, it's usually the primary reason for like absentee dads. So if you think of I screwed up, I neglected my kid. Now it's been two years or a year or three or five. How could I ever return back and try to reconcile that relationship? That's dad guilt. And and, and I guarantee it, it drives men to be absentee dads because they're so guilty. And Jesus says, you know what, we can break all that. We can you can uncover your head, you can receive forgiveness and then walk in the strength of the forgiveness that you have received and become the dad that your kids need. Stop being guilty. You're just creating a worse situation and God has made you given you a way out where we feel that dad guilt is the right way to uh, approach it. But it's stupid and it really hurts the kids. Uh, big time,
0: man. I think we've almost assumed that this is a form of humility to walk away from having done something wrong. So it's only right to like lower our heads and walk away with our tails tucked. Right. But that's not really the case. it's, It's, it's shame. It's not humility,
1: but like when I, when I received forgiveness, it humbles me. And I'm able to be humble. I'm not being arrogant about the forgiveness. I'm not being like, you should be like God and forgive me when you've done something wrong. Don't expect your wife and your children to be like God and forgive you instantly. God has forgiven you instantly. Be humble, go through whatever consequence that there needs to be. Um, and remain humble. Shame is sort of like, I'm a terrible person, you know, and I, and this is never reconcilable and all this other stuff. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's definitely the devil's work.
0: Man, Brene Brown does a really good job at identifying the differences between those, those things, right? Like you're embarrassed, you're humbled, you're humiliated, humiliated, or shamed. And knowing the differences between those is very important. So yeah, like you said, yeah. We think we're doing it out of a humility. Like, woe was me. We messed yeah. up. But no, get up. Get out of shame. Don't focus on the narrow little small rear view yeah. mirror when you literally are facing the windshield right there, right in front of you. Keep moving forward. Keep moving. Continue to march because the road is not over. The thing I would encourage the guys is there is
1: so much powerful good that you can do as a dad powerful, powerful, good. And I'm guarantee you, you will never walk into that good feeling guilty and and ashamed of the things that you've done. You can be forgiven and then you can start today doing the right. And it's an endurance race, you know, so keep keep doing it. Even if people are like, I don't believe you keep
0: doing it. (laughs) Man. And actually we have such a unique opportunity there. We have an opportunity to connect with God right? God has forgiven you instantly. As soon as you turn and repent, that's a 180 degree turn for anybody who's wondering. And you have this ability now to know the forgiveness of the father by firsthand experience, to be able to connect, to reconnect with God after you've fallen, after you've sinned, so that as a father, you're actually better equipped to turn around, to look to your child who honestly doesn't know what to do with this mess. And you actually show them, you walk them through it. Like, hey, I know that you feel like this, but hey, that's not the truth, buddy. Let me introduce you to my God. He's actually also your God.
1: So this is part of taking the land. Like I talked about the promise of God, like forgiveness is ours. Learn how to be well forgiven and walking like a new man. And then you can in turn tell your kids and teach your kids, model for your kids that this, the past doesn't have to define your future because we all, they all, we all struggle with the same things, uh, you know, at, at different levels. And so you really are become a credible resource to your kids. If you know how to be forgiven and walk through.
0: Yes. Troy, I want my listeners to get connected with you right now, right after this. Where do you want to send them? Where should they go?
1: They should go to TroyMangum.com. It's M-A-N-G-U-M. And there they can see the book. Uh, I run a podcast called The Kindling Fire Podcast. Uh, I've got some other projects that they may be interested in as well at that site.
0: Gents, there you have it. That was Troy Mangum, author of Fatherhood Face Plants and also the host of The Kindling Fire Podcast. So make sure that you go ahead and check that out. And if you want to help us transform the lives of men around the world, then you can right now by taking a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes. That little small act does so much to get this podcast in front of the right men so that their lives would be changed. So, guys, make sure that you do that. And for you guys that are just awesome, returning every single week, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and until next time, continue to march.